Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of JetsXFactor.com. And as always, I got former Jet running back Lamont Jordan here with me. We got some big news to break down. Derek Carr, the former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback, is officially visiting the New York Jets as of today. News was announced yesterday on Friday afternoon that Carr would be making his visit over the weekend. Seems to be a potential multi-day situation where maybe he leaves Monday morning. I think if the Jets are smart, they're going to try and do everything they can to make sure he doesn't leave at all, and that this will be his uh, only free agent visit technically. He did visit the New Orleans Saints while he was still under contract with the Raiders, while they were potentially working out a possible trade. That didn't happen. Carr ends up getting released, and now as a free agent, open to sign with anybody officially, this is the first team he went to go visit, and that's the New York Jets. Lamont, we got to get right into this, but first things first, we got to thank our friends over at betonline.ag for sponsoring. They are your number one source for all your sports betting needs you could possibly have. March Madness, just about a month away. I'm very excited for that. If you want to get in on the college betting basketball scene before March Madness kicks off, make sure you head on over to Bet Online. They always have the best live betting options, free contests, even live scores for any game you could possibly want. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet with all of your favorite leagues. And if you haven't signed up before, make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Lamont, we don't have a game to start with. We have news to start with. So I want to get your take on this. What is your opinion of Derek Carr visiting the Jets? And do you think this would be a potential good move for them to make this signing? Uh, I think in our last show, I kind of spoke on just my overall feelings about Derek Carr um, with, you know, in regards to, you know, you can't be, you, you can't be a player that's, that can't get coached hard or constantly have out, have your, your faults being pointed out, being the quarterback and playing New York City. I just, I, I just, if things don't go well, how are you going, like I said in the last show, how are you going to handle that? Um, and I don't think that we need a. I'm, I'm. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, it's an upgrade. That's what it is, and and I've said this come maybe a month ago about the the whole idea of I just don't want us to break the bank for one of these quarterbacks, and it handicaps the team, and it takes Coach Sala and this 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 organization off of the trajectory that they're on. That's my biggest concern with that. As far as him being in New York right now, uh, when he went to the Saints, I said, okay, maybe that's something that can happen. He won't come to New York. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, it, it, I just don't want to break the bank. I don't want, I, I just don't want us. That's my biggest concern. Derek Carr is an upgrade. If I want to look at the positives of him coming, uh, he's a significant upgrade. Um, if you look at the situation, I think from a coaching standpoint, we're in the same position. I believe that the guy who's going to be coaching quarterbacks isn't even, you know, really, I don't want to say isn't a quarterback's coach, but he's, you know, he doesn't uh, have. Calabrese the, has been retained from all that I can tell. He yeah, has so. not been officially fired. Seems like he is still on the staff. Granted, they have hired Hackett, who has experience as a quarterback's coach, as well as an offensive coordinator. I imagine he's going to be a big voice in that room. Uh, they mm -hmm. had just hired. 
um, I forget his name. They just hired a former Titans assistant that actually used to be Derek Carr's offensive coordinator a handful of years ago, back with the Raiders. Um, and or Todd Downing, I believe his name is. They just hired Todd Downing, who has also had you know experience as a quarterbacks coach as well. So I feel like there is other voices in the room now besides just like what it was last year, which was Michael Floor and Rob Calabrese were the only voices in that quarterback room. So I understand your concern. I'm in the same boat as you where I would have preferred to find someone with a little more experience. I feel like that was a guy who was more attached to LaFleur than anything else. But clearly it seems that Sala must value him in his opinion and believes that there's, you know, a good coach to be had in there and surrounding him with maybe more veteran experience than Michael Floor, who was a rookie in his own right. Maybe that'll be good for him as well. So I'm, I don't agree with the decision, but I'm not trying to hold too much judgment against. It. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I have my thoughts on. Okay, I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff about you know bringing Lamar here. You know, I have a feeling about that also. We don't know if 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 that's going to happen, but if we're talking about Derek Carr, um, I'm I'm just not going. I'm trying my best not to you know beat this thing. You know, because I keep trying to hammer this home because I just don't think that people understand how significant this is. If we go out here and we break the bank for one of these quarterbacks, it, basically what you're saying is like, this has got to be a situation where you're making it past the first round. You're making it past yeah. the second round. Like you're getting at least to the AFC championship that you're going to be a contender. And if you're not a contender, you're talking about possibly in the next two to three years that we have to blow this whole thing up again because we spent so much money on the quarterback position. Now, the thing that I give Coach Sala and this organization credit for is their ability to draft players. That's the area that you you look and you say, okay, how can a team rebound from, from putting a, a lot of money, basically putting all your chips on a quarterback? How can a team recover from that if the quarterback doesn't work out? You have to have a front office and a coaching staff that has the ability to draft. And so Coach Sala and, and, and that organization and the Jets organization has shown and proven to me, I mean, heck, you and I both, that they do a great job of drafting. So that's a comfort. Said the offensive and defensive rookie of the year in the same yeah, year for probably the third time in the history yeah. of the NFL. And if the guy that they had at running back didn't get injured, he probably would have won the award too. So yeah. not, yes. not counting their, their rookie pass rusher that was in his limited snaps, one of the most productive in the NFL in terms of rookie pass rushers depth. They had down the line that started games. Michael Clemens, the last pick in the fourth round was a serious role player for them and likely to be in the future. We know these guys can build. And Lamont, this is where I want to talk with you specifically, because I know we've kind of been, I don't want to say completely differing opinions, but we kind of had different thoughts here when it comes to these quarterbacks. And the way I'm looking at it right now, quite honestly, whether we like it or not, the Jets are going to spend money on a quarterback. Yeah, They've already said that. Coach yeah. Salas said that. Woody Johnson, the owner, has said that. It's happening. Yeah. And so if I'm looking at it from the, the perspective of, I can only waste so much time saying I don't want to break the bank. And if it doesn't work, it's going to you know fail and we're going to have to blow things up. All of that is true. I don't want you to think I'm disagreeing with any of your points because they're absolutely valid. The problem for me is it's happening. So why argue about we shouldn't do this because of these reasons when we know that it's going to happen one way or the other? So if the Jets are going to be up getting a veteran quarterback. If they are going to go out of their way to do that, and it is their number one priority of the offseason, which from everything that I can tell, it absolutely is. I'm looking at the best possible option to still fit in with that. We don't want to break the bank. And the top two candidates for this job, as we've talked about multiple times on this show now, 
are Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers is more expensive than Derek Carr. Aaron Rodgers breaks the bank more than Derek Carr even would, and he's older, so you're really putting yourself into that. If we get Aaron Rodgers and we trade serious draft capital to get him as well, and you don't win a Super Bowl, you wasted your time. You're basically saying we are paying to do everything we can to get a championship, and just getting to the divisional round and losing isn't going to be enough. I think with a Derek Carr, it's still a similar situation where you're going, we need to be a playoff team. We need to be a contender. We need to be fighting. And, you know, if we barely squeak into the wild card and lose, that's not good enough. Agreed. But I think with a Derek Carr, you can more easily get out of that situation in the future because you're not spending as much. And if I'm looking at the rest of the landscape of quarterbacks that are available, who else is really going to be as good while also being young enough to potentially grow with the future if everything works out. Like, what if everything works well? If you 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 get Aaron Rodgers at 39 and for two years he's great and you're playing and you're in the AFC Championship and maybe you make a Super Bowl and God forbid all of that happens, what happens after that? When Aaron Rodgers is 40, are, are you going to give him another three-year deal or then become the Packers where you need to trade him? You also have to plan for the future where everything works just as much as you have to plan for the future where everything doesn't. And so Derek Carr meets that line for me. He's barely over 30 years old. I think he's 31. So he can still have five, six more years as a pro quarterback while still being functional and effective and not completely and totally falling off a cliff, especially for a guy like Carr that I think, as we've talked about before with Rodgers, is a natural thrower and has a lot of arm talent. And so you're losing... You know, the baseline for where you're going down in arm talent as you get older in years only goes down so far when you're starting so high. And as we've seen, guys with really good arms seem to last for as long as they want to, where John Elway can play until he's almost 40. Brett Favre can play into his 40s. Aaron Rodgers is about to be 39. There's plenty of examples of this. And it all just comes down to me for cost of acquisition and potential ceiling as well, where if the Jets are going to be getting a veteran quarterback, I think Derek Carr is their best bet. Uh, even with all of the, the questions about him handling coaching, and, I, and I, I get that. I also think we have to take into account that Josh McDaniels' record isn't the best either. And if he is going to be the guy that we're saying is criticizing Carr, and some players that, like I talked about, you would expect to defend Carr more so than they did in that piece, all of that is true. But maybe they know that Josh McDaniels is more of the Bill Belichick disciplinarian and some other guys who weren't talked to kind of felt better about the situation. I'm not trying to get too worked up on that because I know this is happening. And if it is going to happen, it's just, I'm not paying Ryan Tannehill at 36 years old, the same money I'm going to pay Derek Carr. Jacoby Brissett doesn't inspire me. That doesn't get me ready to go. Oh yeah. The jets are going to be in the playoffs. Like Jimmy Garoppolo, let alone if he even could stay healthy doesn't inspire me thinking that the Jets are going to work out and be great because every other San Fran team that he was on was good, was the most loaded team in the NFL top to bottom. I'm, I think there is a clear, clear reason for Derek Carr. It's age, it's money, it's potential future. And even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be spending less money on Carr than you would on Rodgers while still giving yourself as good of a chance to compete and succeed and pay off the investment that you're going to be putting in I just don't think there's any other option that makes as much sense personally. No, I'm with you. I just look, I just looked up 
the free agent class, the quarterback class for this year and for next year, it is a situation where the quarterback situation in the NFL is so bad. Like we 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 can look and, and say, okay, we can look at Patrick Mahomes, we can look at Joe Burrow. Um, you can look at Allen out there in Buffalo. Um, you look at Hurt. Look at Aaron Rodgers, who in the next couple of years is probably going to be done. You look at Justin Herbert, who's a young up and comer. Yep. Um, we'll see about Kyler Murray getting healthy, but coming I'm, off an injury, I'm, I'm, and we'd have to see him in a different offense. You know, I'm Kyler Murray in that. I, I, I'm looking. I, 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 you look at Lamar. You look at Lamar for sure. You look at Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Outside of that, like the fall off in quarterbacks, like I, I mean, I didn't realize just how bad it is. I mean, if you're not going to sign Lamar Jackson, if you're not going to sign Derek Carr, if you're not going to sign Aaron Rodgers, the next best option is 36 year old Ryan Tannehill. No. No. Who, who, who else? For me, for me, if if I'm thinking about saving money and I'm looking at a guy that I'm saying that I could work with, if he's not the leader in the, in the locker room, and he has veteran coaches around him, I'll take a chance on a Baker Mayfield, just to be able to save money to continue to build my team, and I got the pieces around him that he needs to bring him to where he needs to be. I take a chance on Baker Mayfield. Outside of that, there's nobody else. Like there's nobody else. So it's it's. And imagine selling to this fan base saying we're going to do everything we can to get a free agent quarterback, and the world where they sign Derek Carr and the world where they sign Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and so you know, just looking at just how bad the quarterback situation is for the next couple years. I mean, if you look at 2024, let's say they decide that they they want to move on and they're going to take a chance and go in 2024. You're talking about Joe Burrow being a free agent. Cincinnati's not letting him go. Justin not a chance. Justin Herbert, the Chargers aren't letting him go. Nope. Uh, Jalen Jalen Hurts, come on now. Philly would not a chance. burn that city if <laughs> they got rid of him. Nick Sirianni would burn that city if they yeah, got so rid of him. Yeah, like so, he, that's, he makes his entire offense work. Jalen Hurts is the yeah. catalyst of that offense. Yeah, so for the Jets, it's like, you, okay, you basically have, if you're Derek Carr, you're in a perfect situation because you're going to ask, you can ask for as much as you want and somebody's going to give it to you. So now let's look at the Derek Carr situation in, in, in a positive light. All right, let's say they sign Derek Carr because looking at this quarterback class, it's like, hey, I would much rather have Aaron Rodgers. I'll take my chances with Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. All right. I get that completely. You know how I feel about a running quarterback. So Lamar would be exciting, but do I trust Lamar being in this offense with this coordinator? I I don't know if I trust that. And then you have to go with Derek Carr. So if I look at Derek Carr, here's the positive for Derek Carr, and I was thinking about this. Outside of him being an upgrade, he is a guy that since he's been in the league, he has had multiple offensive coordinators. Yep. And I know this from personal experience of of going from the Jets, three different head coaches in with Oakland to then playing for uh, you know, playing for the Patriots. 
to have a guy that has the ability to learn a playbook, and I'm assuming that Carr has the ability to learn a playbook because, I mean, you look at he was under Gruden. He was yep. also under Josh McDaniel. And for you, yep. you could whatever. Two of the think. most complicated playbooks in the yes. NFL. So you could say whatever you want to about those guys, but at the end of the day, there is a there is a demand that they put on their quarterbacks, and either you're going to meet it or you're not. You're going to step up to yep. the plate. Yeah, not. Gruden's play but calls with, are like 26 words long. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, they they are, but if you understand if 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 you understand how to break everything down, it makes sense. So with Derek Carr, it's like okay, well, we just have to accept the fact that yes, they are going to spend money. Um, Derek Carr. When you talk about longevity, he's the one that you look and you can say, okay, we, he's going to play the longest. Yep. Um, he has the arm. I think with him coming in, we're going to have, if you bring in Lamar, the run is going to be, the, the focus is going to be the run. I like Derek Carr because the focus is going to be the pass. We get a chance to utilize the weapons that we have at the wide receiver position. And we have a guy that's that's just a better quarterback than the guy we had. So his ability exactly. to read defenses, the fact that he that he has the wide receivers around him, um, and then him going from Oakland, him going from the Raiders to another team. Um, hell, I think about a Randy Moss. You know, he's with the Raiders. Things didn't work out. Went to another team. He 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 blew up. That could be a Derek Carr situation. And so. Yeah. If we're going to have, if we're going to sign Derek Carr, as much as I would much rather have Aaron Rodgers, it makes sense because the quarterbacks are just so bad in the National Football League. After, after when you look at the guys that I, that I just named, I mean the drop off is, it's really those guys. It's really those top ten guys around the top 10, 11 guys, or it's get a guy in a draft. Like that's what it's going to be for the next two years. Is is. If you don't have one of these top quarterbacks, yep. then you better have a top-notch defense. You better have a top-notch special team, and you better have some some type of a run game that's going to allow you to eat the clock up that you can keep these explosive offenses off the field. So, and you better have a dominant offensive line. And you better have a dominant offensive line. And so, the other thing with with Derek Carr, um. Well, let me say this. The the reason I feel more comfortable with Aaron Rodgers is because of what I just witnessed in Denver. Well, you had Russell Wilson and you had weapons. That offense had weapons. And to see that offense just look the way it looked, it was just gosh awful. I think Aaron Rodgers can make up for that. I don't know if Derek Carr can make up for that. I don't know if our offensive line is going to protect for Derek Carr enough. You know, we don't know. That, that coming into this season, the one thing that I was hopeful that we were going to have, that we were going to have more comfort at, is the offensive position, the offensive coordinator position, who's going to be the quarterback. And right now, we come into this season with a bunch of unknowns, in my opinion. And so, right now, Derek Carr would be the best option. Yeah, I really think he would. I really do. And like I said before, it's just a combination of price where Derek Carr is going to be able to demand a good bit of money and it's still going to be less than what Aaron Rodgers is currently owed on his current contract and you're not even counting the draft picks included just to trade for Rodgers where there's there's no physical way that Rodgers can get out of Green Bay while being released the Packers would eat too much dead money they'd never do it it, it wouldn't 
they if Rogers doesn't restructure his contract, they can't even trade him till after June. So that's there's so many other dominoes that have to fall there, and the Packers are going to be able to name their price because yeah. they're holding a future Hall of Famer, yeah. and and they're going to be able to say he's a future Hall of Famer. You think we're giving him up for any less than at least a first round pick? You're out of your mind, and they'll hang up the phone. On top of that, like you mentioned, unless you want Ryan Tannehill at 37 years old, the only other young quarterbacks that might have a future is like Baker Mayfield. And I don't think Baker is that nearly as expiring or had nearly the success that Derek Carr has had consistently, despite constantly changing play callers and changing coordinators and coaches and learning new schemes and never having a defense good enough to help him. Where I think you look at, if you want to look at the success angle, and this is where I'll go back to, I'll defend this for any quarterback, regardless of what team they play on. Wins are not a quarterback stat solely, truly, and thoroughly. Do quarterbacks impact your win-loss record usually more than any other single position? Absolutely. I don't think anyone's arguing that. But they are not solely responsible, and you cannot just judge a quarterback off their win-loss record. Derek Carr never had a defense ranked better than like 22nd through any amount of his years in, with the Raiders. He'd be coming to a team in New York that has an established defense that is going to help win games. And I think this is where I want to end with you, Lamont. Let's talk about what makes the Jets attractive to Carr in the first place. Because I feel like we've talked a lot about what makes Carr attractive to the Jets, but let's look at it from the other angle. What could Derek Carr be getting out of this team? First and foremost, he's going to be getting a defense he's never had before. He's going to be not having to feel like he has to be completely leading the offense. And up until this past year with Josh Jacobs being dominant in the few years before, it's not like the Raiders have always had the most amazing, powerful, fantastic run game in the history of the, of the league. They were trotting out Trent Richardson on like his third team for periods of time. They had Marshawn Lynch coming out of retirement to come back and be their running back. You know, they haven't had that sort of combination of defense and run game around Carr outside again this last year with Jacobs exploding, but even still the Raiders defense was terrible this past year. So he's never had both in the same season. He's going to have a healthy Brees Hall that's going to be one of the better running backs in the league. He's going to have a defense that can keep him in games and he's going to have an a stud receiver in Garrett Wilson to continue, you know, he just had Devontae Adams. He was used to throwing to, he's going to have another young guy that he can grow with and a bunch of weapons outside of that. If Corey Davis isn't released, I think there's a strong chance the jets will be going for a second round or a mid round pick at receiver, possibly in the third round to continue to add to that room. If he is kept, that's another guy that's going to be a veteran target that can get open. You have Elijah Moore, you have all these tight ends. You know, there is a lot to like here. And if they fix the offensive line in the draft and go out and get an offensive tackle, find a center in the mid rounds as well, I think you can have a really solid offensive line too. And I think if you're looking at it from Derek Carr's perspective, the Jets would be the best team he's ever played on. Like, I, totally and collectively, he would have not had a team around him nearly as good. And I think that might ease the pressure of playing in New York where he can sit there, and this is an underrated aspect that I want to bring up that I don't really hear anyone talking about. Carr played in, in Oakland. That's California. That's right around Hollywood. That was at the period of time when there was no teams in L.A. before the Chargers and Rams moved there. The Raiders were Hollywood's team. And you have a lot of people in Hollywood that lived in California or grew up in that sort of area that grew up Raider fans. And I feel like they are one of the more popular franchises in the NFL, regardless of how much they win or lose. One, because of their historical success. You have a guy like John Madden as their head coach who goes on and becomes a broadcaster. 
plethora of Hall of Famers throughout the 70s and 80s, and you're in that California market, it's not like Derek Carr was playing in no man's land. It's not like Derek Carr has never been around the media before. It's not like he's never been in an area that's going to be high traffic and high spotlight. Is it the same as New York City? No, but nothing else is. And that's why New York is a one of a kind place. But it's not like Carr was living under a rock for years and years and years in Oakland. And now it's going to be all of this media exposure. I think he could handle it maybe better than he's giving credit for, because I think he's had some of the spotlights on him. And I just feel like in terms of also the money, last and last but not least the money, the Jets are going to be able to offer. The Saints are $54 million over the cap right now. They would have to do some serious gymnastics to afford Carr and give him the amount of money that they would need without it turning into a bunch of signing bonuses and languages to keep his cap hit low, in which case you're committing to him for likely more years than would be expected, and you're giving him a lot of cash up front on top of all the restructures that you're going to have to do to get under the cap, which is also going to require a lot of cash up front. That's a lot of money coming from the Saints owner's pockets to be feeding all of that at once. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, same deal. They have even worse of a cap situation than the Saints now after the Saints just restructured Marcus May. Tennessee Titans could be an option. Similar amount of money to the Jets. Another solid team. But you look at the weapons around, you got Derrick Henry in the backfield. That's awesome. That's absolutely a great weapon. You got second-year Traylon Burks. You got Shigazim Akonkwo, Maryland guy, small uh, tight end who is a jitterbug who I really like. And you don't got much else at receiver. You don't really got much else at tight end. You got an aging offensive line that was kind of poor last year and had a, a lot of injuries that dealt with that made them, you know, suffer. I don't know if that's a good of a team as the Jets. Titans defense wasn't ranked very high last year in terms of yards allowed. Brable's a great coach, but I'm, I think the Jets are the, are the best place for Carr to go. I think it's the best team he could go on while still making a good amount of money and he's going to have a chance of success. And I feel like if that's, if Carr is just chasing money, then that's, you know, a, a different sort of deal. But I feel like for players in the league and especially guys like quarterbacks, you want to prove yourself and you want to be successful. When the team just cut you that you had been on for nine years, you want to go prove them wrong and go stand in the AFC playoffs while they're not, you know, watching from the outside in. I just feel like it makes the most sense. And here's an interesting nugget that I didn't even realize until today. In his first ever start, Derek Carr played the New York Jets. Hmm. So sort of cyclical homecoming, you know, hmm. mysticism in the air. Let me put the tinfoil hat on real quick and, and sit here and say what it, what it would be like for Carr to leave the Raiders and go play for the team that he had his first ever NFL you know, game against and lost. He, he didn't win in his first ever start. And now he can go and take over that team and see if he can lead them on. I, I just, I, it makes sense from both sides. And I really would be, I'm not going to sit here and say, I think it's going to happen. But I think if the Jets aren't the favorite for Carr, especially after being his first free agent visit, I just, I don't see how you could come to any other conclusion. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I do want to hit on something that you said. Because I'm speaking from experience from going from New York to Oakland. When mm -hmm. you're the meat, he was under rock. When you're playing in Oakland, Southern California, you're talking about LA. Oakland and, and LA are are just they're they're different places. Being in Oakland, Alameda, California, dealing with that media is not in the same hemisphere of dealing with New York City's media. It is not. It's not even close. 
I mean, it's 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 so far. Even it's, if you're a quarterback, even if even, you're the face of the team, even if you're a quarterback, it doesn't matter. It's New York, and I'm just telling you from experience. I went from being in the DMV to me. I to me, I, I stayed in the two media markets. That's just like they're going to crush you. Washington D.C. and New York City. Played in Oakland. You're not really dealing with a lot of me. I remember going out there, like dealing with their media. That was a walk in the park. And it's not saying anything negative about them. It's not saying anything negative about New York. It's just saying what it is. New York City is a different type of person. I mean, like, it's New York. Like, it's different. East Coast, West Coast. The West Coast has a different vibe. It has a different flavor to it. All right? New York, from the time that I came up there, if there's one thing I know, it's like, yo, it's New York. Like, these people are going to be rude. They're going to tell you when you're screwed up. Like, it's going to be hard for you. You're not going to be able to open. It's... If things do not go well for him, he's going to open the paper up every single day and he's going to be slaughtered because there's this big hype. There's this big hope. All right. And so do I think that New York is the best option for him? I do. Do you want to move your family down to New Orleans? If I'm not mistaken, just maybe a few years ago, didn't they have to go and practice somewhere else because of weather situations down there? They did. Like, yes. Hurricane problems. Yeah, that's, a, you know, do you really want to take your family down there and have to deal with that? If you look at which team is up and coming, it's the New York Jets. You have a young head coach. They clearly are in a position where, where they can take over the AFC East. They're in a position that they can take over the AFC East. Two is going to be a free agent next year. We don't know what's going to happen down in Miami. Um, so for they got to fix their defense first. Yeah, I mean, you got to fix the defense. So if you're Derek Carr, you know, take out the media. It's New York City. He's going to have a ball. He's going to have a blast. When you talk about endorsements, things of that nature, um, yes, it's New York City. All he has to do is come and win, and he's going to make a rack of money because it's New York. He's coming in for Zach Wilson. He's coming into an environment where he's, he's basically going to be welcomed by everybody. Your wide receivers are going to love you. Your offensive yep. line is going to love you. There's going to be this new hope because the one position that it sounds like everybody had a problem with was the quarterback position. So I think you're instantly going to have a guy that's a leader. He's going to be a better leader than what we had here. So him coming in, there, there, there's, a, there's nothing but positives with him coming in. I love the fact that you brought this up, that we can get him in without giving away draft capital. That's critical especially if you're talking about being in a position to rebound in the event that this does not go well. Exactly. So, I, so, so I, 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 I love that. We don't know what the contract is going to be like. It could be a contract that is incentive-based. Hey, we got to make the playoffs. You get this. You know, you throw for this many yards, touchdown, touchdown, intercept. I don't a, a think it's going to be – if I had to pull numbers out of my head, because the quarterback market in general has gotten insane, and that's another thing we have to realize is that – as the market goes, that's going to drive up the price. The absolute top, top, top quarterbacks are making like $50, $55 million a year. That's like the Deshaun Watson contract and, and Aaron Rodgers contract. That's the, the cream, cream of the crop. A few years ago, Kirk Cousins got the first fully guaranteed contract. He signed for three years for $90 million, give or take. It was about $30 million a year. I'm If I had to put money down, I'm guessing it would be something like three years for $120 million which is about 40 million a season. And he's getting like 60 million of that guarantee. 
maybe more than that, maybe closer to 80 million of that guaranteed. Maybe the first two years are guaranteed. And it's a big deal. And he's making a lot of money and he's going to have a high cap hit. His cap hit on the contract that he signed as the extension with the the Raiders a year ago before he was pushed on was at $35 million a year. So I feel like it's going to be somewhere in that range. I don't feel like it's going to be 50 million, the jet sign car for, for five years and $250 million and make him the highest paid quarterback in league history. I don't think that's going to happen, but it's going to be a lot of money and it's going to be a, a, a good price. I think quite honestly, based on where the market is, I think it's going to be fair market value. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think Joe Douglas or regardless of who it is, is ever going to be the type of guy that unless he handpicked you and drafted you, or you're a key piece to the team that he doesn't want to lose. I don't think he's going to be dishing out gigantic deals to, you know, just to anybody off the street. And I don't think that the car would be any different. Uh, man, Drew, it's a wait and see, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, that's just kind of where I am. I don't want to get too excited about it. I don't want to be too down about it. Um, But if I look at the situation, I think it makes sense for both parties involved that the best place for Carr to go would be to the Jets. I mean, it just makes too much sense. You just left Oakland or, or you just left the Raiders where your top target wore number 17. You get a chance to come to the Jets. Well, your top target. Were You're looking players. for the same number. Yeah, you know, you're looking for the same number. Yeah, we want to get him the ball. Um, we're hoping that from an offensive coordinator standpoint, uh, and here's the here and, and here, here's another major piece, and this is critical. This is critical, regardless of 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 Hackett being the OC or who the OC is. You have a quarterback that's been in the league that is a veteran. That's instantly going to open your offense up. There's going to be more that you can do with Carr than you were able to do with Zach. Yes. Which means that there's going to be more that you can do with Carr than you did with the whole quarterbacking room because it seems like the progression of the offense last year or in the last couple of years was based solely on how how you know the progression of Zach of Zach. And if he's not growing, there's no way as an offensive coordinator that you're going to feel comfortable installing things and calling things because you're calling plays that you need a quarterback to be able to read it out. If the number one read is not there, be able to identify your defense, get to your second and third target and do it in a timely fashion. Those aren't things that the Jets have been able to do for the last couple of years. So by bringing in the Derek Carr, who, like I said, multiple offensive coordinators, he shouldn't have a problem learning the offense. Hackett is a, is a guy who's been around the NFL. Okay. He did have a chance to work, work with Russell Wilson last year. He's a guy that instantly you're going to be able to do more as an offensive coordinator when you bring in Carr. So I'm so me getting excited now. You remember those stats that we threw out that we thought that Zach could yep. have if that got better? Yeah. Now these are stats that that coming into this season that now they're realistic because if Derek Carr gets protection, let's let's just look at the fact here. If you give Derek Carr protection. And he's in a situation where, where he's comfortable, him and the offensive coordinator are on the same page. Derek Carr can light it up. The other thing about coming to the Jets, why, why, why I think it's the sell for him, you don't have to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year. You don't got to play Justin Herbert twice a year. You don't either. have to play Justin Herbert twice a year. Yeah, you may have to deal with some weather up in Buffalo and some weather up in New England, 
But playing in New York, you'll get yourself prepared for that. I just think that this is the right fit. I think that there are more pros to Derek Carr coming than there are cons. I think that there are way more pros to Derek Carr coming to the Jets than there are cons. So even though I feel a certain way about the fact that, hey, if you can't coach him hard, if you cannot be hard on him, if you cannot hold him accountable, I feel a certain way about that. That's why I'm kind of a wait and see. But if he does sign with the Jets, which which with all things said, I'm hopeful that he does sign with the Jets. I think that I think that him signing with the Jets, you have to say that this is a playoff team. To me, him signing makes us a playoff team. Next year, you have to go to the playoffs or or this is a bust. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. I think that goes for if they were to be Rodgers, if it would be Carr, if it would be yes. even if it's Tannehill with his age, you know, if you're even if it's Garoppolo with his age and his injury history, I feel like you're you're setting yourself up for that situation of we are going the veteran route because we want to win now. And if we don't win now, then what was the point? We should have just drafted somebody. Like, if you want then, to win now, I'm sorry, Drew, if you want to win now, there are only three quarterbacks that you can go after to win now. That's Rodgers, that's Jackson, and that's Carr. I don't want yep. Stan Hill in New York. I don't want any of these other quarterbacks in New York because these are not win-now quarterbacks. Any other quarterback besides those three, these aren't win-now. These are, we're going to continue to get better. Hopefully we can make the playoffs, but we're in a position that next year we have the team that whoever the quarterback is, that we're going to make the playoffs and be successful. So by bringing in Derek Carr, you're saying that we're ready to take over this thing now, that this is a playoff caliber team, that it gives us the draft, it gives us the ability to keep our draft capital so that we can continue to build this team through the draft. We already have young wide receivers. Maybe you can pick up a wide receiver in the um, maybe you could pick up a free agent wide receiver. I just looked at the list of running backs and I really hope that they bring Ty back because when I look at the running backs who are free agents. I see a lot of starters. I don't see a lot of guys, and I would have to go back and check stats. I don't see a lot of guys that's going to give you what Ty gives you from a special teams perspective. And so there's a good chance that we could bring Ty back. I mean, I'm 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 slowly but surely surely being sold on Derek Carr. I'm just trying not to get too excited because if he comes here with the wide receiver core that we have. You talk about the new offensive line coach that we have. I think that if somehow we don't have right now, as far as I'm concerned, when we look at our backfield with the free agent running backs that we have, Drew, when we look at our backfield, I think our backfield right now should only be brief. We need to sign Ty back immediately. And then from there, bring in another free agent running back. Because when you look at these free agent running backs, there are some backs on this list that if you can add them, especially with Brees coming back from, from you know, we don't know what his health is going to be. There yep. are some starting running backs that are free agents, guys that I think can come in and help lighten the load for Derek Carr, which is going to help the offense to be more successful. So just thinking about bringing him in and the possibilities, like I'm, I'm starting to get a little too excited about that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. You got to temper expectations. Yeah. That we're there is a obvious obvious skill gap between Carr and Rogers. Like that's just natural. That's not any sort of question. That's not any sort of debate. There's no issue about it whatsoever. That is the way that it is. But it's not like Carr gives you no shot. 
And it's not like we've seen Carr operate on a team like this before that also has the defense to support it. And we've seen Carr at his best play MVP caliber football in his best season. We've yeah. seen the, the peak. We've seen the high. And the last thing I want to mention before we get out of here, it's something that you mentioned a couple of weeks ago when Nathaniel Hackett was officially hired as the offense coordinator. And from the handful of things that I've heard from other former players, be it interviews or, you know, what have you talking about the Hackett's and their family of coaches being Paul Hackett, who you played under and Nathaniel Hackett, his son, the one common theme that gets brought up over and over and over. And you said it yourself a lot was details was being extremely and totally detailed in everything that you do. And if you're a wide receiver, and you're running a slant at seven yards and on your fifth step, and then you run it on your sixth step at eight yards, you're going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And that, that coaching staff is going to make sure that everyone is on their P's and Q's. And a veteran quarterback does that too. And I think that there is an aspect of this, quite honestly, where are you going to be judged by your success and how far you go into the playoffs if you get there in the first place? 110%. But I think it's really important for this young team and especially these young offensive players to be able to develop with a quarterback that's actually going to help them and not harm them. Because what was Garrett Wilson gaining in that week seven game in New England when Zach Wilson couldn't complete a ball four feet in front of his face? What is he gaining in practice from that? What is what is Garrett Wilson gaining in week 17 against Seattle when Mike White has no ribs and, and he's barely able to throw the ball? You know, how are you developing these players when Brees Hall has to shoulder the load as a rookie and be basically the only spark to the offense four games into his career? What is is that helping him develop? Yes. But is that making things easier for him to thrive and giving him the opportunity to fully learn and have that team around him? I don't know. And I don't think it works that way necessarily. I think there is an aspect to having Carr and having Hackett where I think Carr is going to like having Hackett as a coordinator because Hackett's going to make sure everybody else is on the same page. So if everyone else is on the same page, then theoretically, Carr, as long as you're on the same page, we should be good. And I feel like it's going to be a boost for the rest of the team because they're going to have that guy at quarterback who they're going to respect, who's going to demand perfection, who they're going to want to be right for, who they're going to want to play for. Every time I've heard Garrett Wilson speak since Super Bowl Media Day and Media Week when he was there doing interviews the entire time, the only thing he keeps saying is, whoever our quarterback is, I can't wait to just meet them, get familiar with them, get working with them, make sure we're on the same page and be the best target I can be for them. Because he just wants a guy who can throw him the ball. (laughs) He'll take anybody who can just throw him the ball. Garrett Wilson would lick like the ground Derek Carr walks on if he were to come into practice and be like, oh, you're going to be great. I'm going to force feed you and you're so great. Wilson's going to be like, oh, really? Awesome. You, you think that of me? I'm going to be able to play with you. Really? You can throw like that? Cool. Let's go. Take me to the practice field right now. Brees Hall, how excited he's going to be to come back. The offensive line going to be more inspired than the lack of days of goal, not giving a damn that we saw out of them in the second half of the season when they were giving up free rushers at a moment's notice and then got right back up like they didn't even care. You didn't even acknowledge what had just happened. Carr's not going to let that happen. There, if, if Derek Carr is getting sacked with the amount of money he's making with the, the pressure that's going to be on, he's going to turn around and go, come on, guys, get it the hell together. We can't be doing this. And those players are going to respond. And I just feel like there is that aspect of this is where I want to close that I think can ease the pain a little bit of the he wasn't able to handle criticism. 
I think the team is going to love him, like you said. The fact that he's not Zach Wilson, I think they're going to be a little more forgiving for Derek Carr in New York than they would be anywhere else. And I really think that the the positive from the rest of the team to develop with all of this young talent that they have, and even for the defense, it's going to make your defense better because Zach Wilson isn't the quarterback you're facing. You're actually going to get live reps in practice over what playing a good team can look like and a good quarterback can look like. It's going to make Sauce Gardner a better corner. It's going to make, you know, DJ Reed better on the outside. It's going to make the pass rushers better because they're going to have a guy who can maneuver in the pocket and know how to get his hot reads off. All of these things are going to improve the team in so many more ways than just the win-loss record or how well you do in the playoffs. And I don't think that can be forgotten about. I agree with you. No, no, listen, I agree with you. And I, I will end with this. And this is the selling point for Derek Carr why the Saints don't make sense for them. Uh, give me another team. Tampa's an option. I think Tennessee could be interested. I think Carolina might be interested, but I really think they're going to draft somebody. While all of those teams are not an option and why the Jets are the best fit for him. It will be the first time in his career that he's not a part of a team that's trying to establish the culture. He's coming to a team whose culture has already been established. And that's in Coach Sala. And he's coming to a team that the team respects the head coach. That they're, although they're young, there are people that- That's a really good point. Derek Carr's had to be the adult in the room for a lot of years. yes, Yes, and although he comes and he comes as the leadership, at the end of the day, it's not him coming in trying having all of the light. The eyes are on him because of the money that he's going to get paid, the hype that's going to come with him, the hope that comes with him, because he's just significantly better than what we've had at the quarterback position. But when you talk about having a weight off of your shoulder, being able to come to a team, and and I and I'm gonna speak from experience just with regards to. When I look at my career, when I look at the New York Jets, Herm Edwards was the head coach. He was coming in establishing a culture, all right? But part of the reason why we were able to, to out of my four years there, we qualified for the playoffs three of those times. One time we won the AFC East was that he had veterans in there. All right, we had Curtis Martin. We had Kevin Mawai. We had Mo Jones. We had Marvin I'm sorry, we had Mo Lewis, we had Marvin Jones, we had Victor Green, we had A.J. Green. I mean, the, 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 the list can just go on and on of the guys that we had that were veterans. So he had veterans that were able to help him to establish that culture. When I went to Oakland, you had, I had three different head coaches. Each year, I'm part of trying to help establish the new head coach's culture. Then I go to New England. I walk into a culture that is already established. Best culture in the history of the NFL. Culture in the history of the National Football League. So I'm speaking from experience when I say that he's going from a place where instead of him being having the eyes looking at him because he's the quarterback, a lot of what you do is helping to establish the culture. He's coming to New York where, hey, listen, this is how we do things here. And he's going to come in, and I think that he's going to fit right in. You're coming from one place that doesn't want you to a place who wants you. Yes. That 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 wants right. you more than than anybody that, else would. Because imagine the pressure of replacing Tom Brady in Tampa. 
imagine imagine living up to the legacy of Drew Brees in New Orleans that they're still looking to to rebound from. You know, mm-hmm. imagine, you know, the Titans, Tannehill was good for a handful of years. It's not like he was, you know, a complete and total dumpster fire where you're Derek Carr, you're going to be so welcomely embraced. You're mm-hmm. going to be so just positively felt and, and associated with from everybody in that building, because what they're used to is so down and below the barrel that a down year for Derek Carr in Oakland gets celebrated in New York. And yes. that's like, th- that is, that's gotta be huge for your confidence. That's gotta make you feel like I don't care what the media says about me because I know my teammates are going to be right there to like kissing the ground. I walk on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to kiss the ground you walk on. As long as that ground that you walk on is, is having us in a playoff, having us to be a contender, because I'm telling you right now, let a, a, a six or, or, or a seven win season happen. Let there be a situation where we're battling for last place in the AFC East, and, and we're going to really find out just, you know, just how tough, you know, we're really going to find out what his character is in those tough moments. Yeah. With that said, I just don't see it happening. And this is where it comes back to, to I'm going to say, our number one guy on this show. It comes back to Robert Sala. If, if, if you're a young, if you're a Jets fan, if you're, if you're a fan of a team that is going through a rebuilding process, that is going through the process of, 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 of a culture, there is no better team to be a fan of than right now than the New York Jets. You have a head coach that just, you have a head coach that shows you who he is. His players, week in and week out, win, lose, or draw, they show you who they are. They're a team that just that's just going to show up and they're going to play and they're going to play the win and they're going to play their butts off. Now you add Derek Carr to this equation, and and I can't wait, man. I'm I'm just I'm hope now. I'm hoping that we get Derek Carr. I, yep. I man, oh man, oh man. I'm hoping that that we have news that comes out nine times out of ten. It's one o'clock here. We probably get some news midnight, one o'clock in the morning, East Coast time that, hey, you know, the Jets and Carr have come to an agreement or the Jets and Carr are close to coming to an agreement. You start hearing news like that as a Jets fan, you should get really excited. That's going to be the question that that really is going to be the final question for everything is, is Carr going to leave with a deal or not? Because I don't think it necessarily says that he's not coming if he leaves without a deal. I think Carr would be smart as a free agent quarterback to make the rounds and, you know, hear his pitch from everybody and assess deals and offers and, and see where things stand. But like we just laid out, I think the jets are his best option. And I think that's the most attractive place for him to walk in. And I I really feel like looking everywhere else with the money assigned to it as well. It's not like there's this huge, any other, you know, team that's maybe not be as good, but can offer Carr. $500 million over the course of a year, you know, that isn't the case. I really think that it is, it, it it makes the most sense. And I think it really is telling from every report that I've seen from every, you know, people in the know, there was only two teams to call the Raiders before he was released and asked about a trade, the saints and the jets. He already visited the saints on his trade, you know, but before he was looking to be traded. And like we talked about the guy who drafted him, Dennis Allen is the head coach of the saints. Now, when he was the head coach of the Raiders in 2014 when Carr was drafted. That's familiarity already. There wasn't as much familiarity in New York 
So it makes sense that that would be the first place that Carr would go and look at. Well, he left and had the option with his no trade clause to accept the trade because the Saints and Raiders had already agreed on compensation. And if he wanted to be a Saint, he could have. And he said no. And he said, no, I'm cut me. I'm not being traded. I want to get to the open market. The first place he goes to as a free agent is New York. He doesn't go back to New Orleans. He goes straight to New York. We'll see what happens. But I think Joe Douglas would be very, very wise to do everything he can, like I said at the start of the show, to make sure Derek Carr does not leave New York without signing a deal. I feel like it doesn't completely you know, rule you out. But I think there's you got him there already. You can make the strong pitch already. I don't see any reason to I don't see any reason to do anything other than lay your cards on the table. And if you don't and if that doesn't do it, then that doesn't do it. And you move on and then you go and do what you can for Rodgers. But if you're going to make the play, do it now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm just hoping that I'm really hoping that they get this done. The faster the faster they get this deal done. Now that the organization is able to focus on yep. the free agent and they're able to focus on the draft to continue to build around him so that they can continue to keep this 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 franchise on the tra- trajectory that it's headed on. Because I'm telling you right now, you know, the Jets are taking off. They are taking off. One way or another. One way yep. or another. Depends. We'll see who it is. Cannot wait for all this quarterback speculation to be over. It seems like every couple of years as a Jets fan, this is all we talk about. And hopefully we can get things sorted out and we won't have to talk about it for a handful of time in the future. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and tuning in. Thank you to betonline.ag for sponsoring. And we will be back real, real soon to continue breaking down this wild and crazy Jets offseason. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube